I'm Will Hedrick. And I'm Jordan Schaffer. And this is Dog Years and Timestamps, a book club podcast. And the end of another era. So many eras ending <laughs> this week. It's still the same week for us. It's Friday at the time of this recording. Jordan's going out of town next week, so we're doing this a little bit early. Yeah. Um, just for me. Just for Jordan. I'm smiling. Sorry, I was smiling loudly <laughs> and I forgot you guys can't see that. Yeah, I'm going back home to visit mom. And, uh, and hang out and clean up the farm and ranch and just do some stuff out there. Hang out with my brother. It's their, uh, it's like everybody's birthday in May, too. My brother is the beginning of May. My uncle's the end of May. My mom's the end of May. And uh, we're all just having like dinner, I think. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but it'll be cool. So That's a shame um, you're not a part of the May birthday club. Yeah, they didn't think to include you. No. That's kind of rude. Being in March, they didn't, I don't think I qualify. Hmm. It's kind of, what is that, monthist, birthdist, birthdist? <laughs> <laughs> it's something. Yeah. I don't like it. I'm going to celebrate my birthday. Do on it. On Wednesday. Do it. Go down it's there. The day after mom's birthday. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is my birthday, too. <laughs> It'll be cool, though. Uh, mom and everybody's um, going like on a, on a diet, so they'll be eating good, which will be easy to eat good while I'm there. Uh, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's true. And... Um, yeah, other than that, it's just going to be a lot of stuff that I've been really wanting to do. Just like going out to the farm and messing around and mm. uh, I'm going to do some like hunting if I can, uh, just like hogs and stuff. But yeah, I'm excited. It'll be, it'll be fun and it's all next week. And, uh, but yeah, dude, this, uh, what about you? What are you up to this next week? Nothing special, I don't think. I've got just work. That's it. Just work. And we, we just got approved on limited overtime. Ooh. Uh, basically. Mm-hmm. And then say it in so many words. So I'm probably just going to try and grind out as many hours as I can before they force me to go home. <laughs> before they At take some it point away. Where they realize what's happening. They'll be like, okay, we said you could have some overtime. We didn't say you could work 90 hours. So go home. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out what happens. Nice. Next time. In any case. What did you think of the book? You said you finished it yesterday, right? You texted me when you finished. Yeah, it. I was just reading it at work, and it was definitely not what I expected at the you know in the end there. Um, yeah, at the end of our last episode, I'd say I didn't see this coming, but I'd say part of the way through the reading this time, I kind of saw something like that coming. Like I saw her giving granting him immunity. I don't know why. I was just like, I bet she's going to give him immunity somehow because she'll be a scythe, and he, and she'll just make him immune before she has to glean him and then and then the way she did it was like ah that's how you do it nice because i I, right. I don't know what made me think that when, when when it was going over it in the book but it was just like yeah because we don't even realize that she's going to stop being a fugitive until like right before. before yeah i think yeah. it was when she said because she was like i think she thought like i have a plan and then it didn't she tell does us think her plan. that, yeah. She, when it didn't tell us yeah. her plan, I was like, I bet it's something like she, she comes up with a plan with the night before, yeah, 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 going to conclave. And then Rowan, though, it gave us his plan in full details, like what he would do if he won and what he would do if he lost. And right. I was yeah. like, okay, well, they gave us his fully fledged plan. Hers is going to be the one that works. So I was, I don't know. It wasn't a solid thing in my head. I was like, this could go any which way. I definitely wouldn't have probably pitched it even as an idea, but I was thinking it kind of. And then, and then it happened, and I was like, wow, that was awesome. That was really cool. But yeah, I don't really... I feel like some of... So, while well, I said I didn't expect a lot of what it is that happened when, you know, with Rowan becoming, you know, like, rogue scythe, and he just runs around killing corrupt scythes <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, I didn't see and, that, actually. And, you know, that was totally left field. And re- the resolution of who becomes a scythe between Rowan and Citra and... Um, how Citra gets out of trouble and uh, how Rowan gets away from Goddard, I think were oh. all written. The, well, I had the word whenever I started this thought and then I immediately lost the word. Um, they were kind of weak. Okay. And it didn't. I don't know if it was either because it was like rushed for some reason. I felt like the thing with Goddard or, was rushed, but I didn't see it coming either. I don't know why. Like it was yeah, really fast. It, it was almost like, like twists idea. for twists' sake. Yeah. And like, and so what's the point of having Citra go through being a fugitive if all that has to happen is she just literally has to get away for a day, and and Curie has to just go 
berate Xenocrates for it and yeah. then she gets absolved and, and then she gets she to go ta- see it was because she could talk so she could talk to the Thunderhead and learn the identity of uh, who Faraday, Faraday is yeah but, but that could have been done much no, more elegantly I, know, I, agree, I agree elegant was, was the word say. I was looking for it, it, nothing about those three things was elegant in any way I see what you're saying they were yeah. really rough okay. and just kind of like almost forced in I felt, I felt like yeah I felt like it happened really fast there's a whole going down to uh, chill Argentina and then <laughs> Going to Amazonia and <laughs> uh-huh. finding Faraday there mm-hmm. was like really interesting mm-hmm. up until the point that we then just cut to her coming back to Mid America for Conclave and uh, everything's okay. Yeah. You know, Curie figured it out without us even seeing Curie do it. It's just literally from Rowan's perspective, he said that he had heard everything that happened mm-hmm. and heard that Curie went and absolved her of, you know, the bogus charges. It's like, okay, cool. So how did it happen? (laughs) Everything else has been really deliberate in a way. Mm -hmm. Especially when it comes to sites doing Mm -hmm. stuff. Like, it's very deliberate and calculated. Even Goddard was calculated with everything he seemed to do. Um, Well, not even just calculated, but we at least got to see it. Yeah, no, for (laughs) sure. The writing was calculated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what you're saying. And it's just super weird. And then, yeah, the, you know, everything happening to Goddard and his retinue at the you know, the tonist, you know, uh, whatever you call it, was, like, I, th- I feel like um, Volta dying made sense. Right. And that, that happened at a reasonable pace. That was... And then, you know, that sort of sets Rowan off. He goes to find Goddard, and Goddard, you know, goads him into killing him. More, not, you know, purposely, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he, you know, he he's like, you know, okay, now you're going to glean this person. You know, this is going to be your first gleaning before we go to Conclave where you will definitely win and become a Scython and then glean Citra. And Rowan, like, just can't take it because Volta had died and he thought that maybe the two of them, once he became a Scythe, they would be able to get away from Goddard mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And then, so he kills Goddard. And in the moment, I was like, okay, like, that's kind of cool. And it'll, I guess he can then set Goddard on fire or something or Goddard's just going to come back anyways. And so now Rowan's on the one that's on the run. And so Citra mm-hmm. wins. I thought that that would be an interesting role reversal from what I was expecting because I right. thought Citra was going to be on the outside that's and Rowan of, on the mm-hmm. inside. And I was like, okay, well, you know, that's a that's the twist is that now those roles get reversed. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> not really. He then kills you know Chomsky and Rand mm-hmm. you know without much effort and then burns everything down and gets away with it. But then, yeah, like him getting away with it even was kind of like. I guess it was kind of cool that he knew, like, the insider, like, he knew that, like, the affiliation with the, uh, the guy and that little girl, you know, so he yeah. was like, I know your secret, so. And then even in that scary. moment, even though he's able to sort of use Esme as, like, a, like, hey, you know, I'll let all this go if you let it all go. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, cool, that, you know, that makes sense, you know, structurally wise, but even, because that interaction is from Xenocrates' point of view, and in that interaction, even then, Xenocrates is like, man, I'm don't care that Goddard's gone and Rowan obviously I think did it and he's really smart and I think that he could be guided in a positive direction and we could really use somebody with those abilities in the system so I don't think he was going to do anything ever anyways Mm -hmm. from that point of view you know at least that we're given yeah um so that was kind of weird but then so Rowan like you know gets away with it but then fails against Citra in the last trial which we're not given any explanation no, for why. It, it almost seems like there was some bec- like calculation done with like, oh, okay, well, because of, like, it, it seems like Roman, since he's the better fighter, he would have thrown the fight harder. So, like, I don't know. It seemed like they looked at the old uh, conclaves and they were like, based on these two old conclaves and then how he was so uncalculated in his uh, fulfillment of, like, the duties at this conclave, the current winter conclave, because he killed his mom so, like, thoughtlessly and heartlessly, or whatever, yeah. like, he killed her before he even got the instructions. I think that played a part in it. It didn't make sense, because the they only, didn't explain it. Yeah, the only explanation we get for the judgment on how that goes is when Citra goes through it, mm-hmm. and there's, you know, four people on the bajoling committee. Two of them seem to be more compassionate. Two exactly. of them seem to be more about efficiency because the one says Citra took too long there was no point in like talking to her brother or you know why did she even hand him the knife and all this sort of stuff we're, we're about efficiency and then yeah, uh, like Scythe like, Mandela and mm-hmm. whoever the other one that gets named was like no she showed compassion blah, blah. so there's obviously like like they're supposed to represent like 
two sides of the same coin, I guess, or whatever. It makes sense, yeah. And so Rowan's on the other side of the the he's two coins. He's not point on either. It coin. doesn't seem like it. Seems like he's because he didn't even. He's not even efficient because he did it before he got information. Like that's not efficient. Well, he had all the information he needed. That's super- no. He assumed a lot of stuff. He, he didn't know he was supposed to kill that girl. Like he didn't know he was supposed to kill his mom as part of the test. It could have been part of the test to torture. torture well, we don't know that because we weren't in his head. I know, and I but think that it's pretty obvious when you've got it, somebody. It makes sense, who's, but even Rowan or even sorry, even Citra asked, like, "Wait, I have to kill well, him." Citra asked because that's in her nature. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, because he did it so quick, it almost killed efficiency because he's just a mindless machine. You know, like in in my mind, a mindless machine is the definition of efficiency. Uh, not really, though. In certain <laughs> things, like, didn't you watch that movie with the pilots and uh, and and? Uh, Oh shoot! It had uh, Jessica Biel in it, and um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, it was about these AI planes, and that they were trying to train them to make decisions. Um, but then there were like these top three pilots. There was like the the black one, white one, and the girl. <laughs> so it had like every demo, and uh, they had those three pilots, and they were like basically trying to train the AI to make human decisions. But basically, the humans always ended up making like. Not always, but they ended up making decisions based on like their gut and their instinct for, that a robot couldn't make. So, well, that's not an argument against or for efficiency. No, that's a but, different argument altogether. But if the robot's doing stuff, bef- like if a robot killed somebody before you gave it the 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 the, the sign to kill, like if, if you were a killing robot and then I put you in the room with with your mom and then you kill your mom before I tell you to kill your mom, that's not efficient. That's like, well, my robot's doing shit I don't want it to do. There's a difference between efficiency and success. And I don't think it did either. I don't think that was efficient or success, successful. Like, doing the job before being told, like, I, I guess saying that doing the job before being told, that is efficient. But doing the job on the assumption that you know what you're doing, like, that you're doing is right, even though you haven't gotten any information to know that what you're doing is it right. Could, but that's the only thing that it could be. If I was no, on the Bajolian Committee, if not I was the only thing it could be, it makes sense it for this. It makes is. sense for this, but in his mind, there's no way we could have known that he thought it's the only. Like, there's no way we would have known it's the only thing it could be. It absolutely is. I mean, it, they could have forced him to torture him for for twenty the days. They could don't have forced, do that. I mean, That's we didn't know within. what this. We didn't know what it was. We had no idea what this final test was. That's all I'm saying. I think the, the second I, you walk into the room and you see somebody tied to a chair with a bag over their head. And the selection committee gives you a piece of paper that says a weapon that you have to pick up. What else do you then do at that point? There is no other thing. I know, but if he he didn't even get the instructions, he's they said that they he killed him bef- the before they could finish be- the instructions. Before they could give him the instructions, so he got so he got far enough that he was given the piece of paper with the name of the weapon that he had to use. Still, I would disagree that that's efficient. Because at the end, he could say, shoot around your mom, threaten your mom, like make your mom almost die. I don't know. It could have just well, none of those, almost all these, the uh, All these alternatives that you're suggesting are not things that size do. And it's not what happened. I'm just saying, I don't think it's efficient to do it beforehand. I think that he showed, I, I don't know. I think that that showed everything like against what I would want in, in a scythe. Like I would have picked Citra too. That's certainly what the two that picked Citra would have not I wanted. I think all four would have picked the, Citra over him because i would disagree i don't think that's efficient well they obviously came to a majority vote over citra uh, citra Citra over rowan but we don't know what that conversation about rowan was i see what you're saying and i think the other two are given what they said against citra Mm -hmm. would have likely been for rowan no i yeah i I see i can i can agree with that but yeah but i mean i i would still say that out of the two like she showed the best. Of but that's not what we're talking about. We're, we're trying to figure out what it was that would have made Rowan less of a candidate. And that wasn't given to us. Yeah. Yeah. So we were just speculating. Yeah. Yeah. Because so based off. So I, what I was saying was based off of what they talk about when they're talking with Citra. Mm-hmm. It seemed like two people were for her. Two people were against her. They had already seen Rowan uh, before seeing Citra. She was she went last. Mm-hmm. And. So it, if it was trying to give us any sort of clue about what they thought about Rowan, then two were probably for Rowan and two were against Rowan. So it's a 50-50 yeah. split in the initial conversation on both of them. So then why does, do they pick Citra? Aside from it you know, being probably the better choice 
in our opinion, but we're not on the Bajillion Committee. We also don't live in this universe where this mode of thinking exists. No, yeah. So, you know, what, what the hell does our opinion matter? But <laughs> the but it just doesn't make sense. Not that it doesn't make sense, but it just... The, the narrative in this at this point was lacking mm-hmm. because there's no... You know, we've got these two characters that we've been following for this entire book. We've seen their capability in different respects. They've talked to each other about their difference in capability and, you know, everything. We see them both wanting to go for a certain goal and, you know, with varying results. And Mm -hmm. then whenever the decision that seemed to be the catalyst of everything that happened the, from the, the point huge that plot point, yeah a huge point in whenever the <laughs> this this moment finally comes there's no explanation right. as to why it went the way that it did it, yeah i that was disappointing just to get get it handed to us like i remember re-listening to it thinking like okay maybe i just missed it and then it was like no Citrus, yeah it just just awarded it <laughs> it's just really weird you would think that and i get to the you know cuz in the other you know, graduation ceremony that happened in the previous conclave that we were at, they didn't tell the size, you know, the perspective size, why yes or no at the time either. Mm-hmm. But in a book where we're jumping between a couple of different perspectives and, and we also didn't go through the testing phase of those perspective mm-hmm. size. We went through the testing phase of half of our characters in this batch of perspective size. Uh, there, I feel like there could have been more dialogue between Citra and the judges and any dialogue at all between Rowan and the judges. Yeah, they, they didn't really give us much. And I think that giving us so much for the other two, like the the, the summer and the... It was summer probably right before this one because this was whatever conclave this was. It was... I can't even God. remember. Well, this was, the, this was the winter conclave, but they had... I guess it was probably summer, but they might have called it something different mm-hmm. um, because they call everything different. The fall conclave was harvest conclave. Yeah. Um, so yes, but in both but, of those, they had him like fight to the death, right? Like the, in well, no, in the first one, they just oh. answered questions for Curie. Oh, uh, okay. The second one, they what fought, them, and it wasn't supposed to be a fight to the death. It was just supposed to be a fight. It was just and supposed then, to be a fight, yeah. And then he. What, so what? What made them pick? Uh, nobody in the first one. Did they both just fail? They both failed on oh, purpose. Both, oh, that's what it was. Rowan did it. To well, uh, Citra failed because she lied mm-hmm. to Kiri, and Rowan failed because he didn't want to look like he was better than Citra at that time. So and that's what tips off Goddard's people yeah, that yeah. they're working together, and so why not make them against now. each other? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in and any in case, so la- there's like this last one. You're right; it didn't give us anything for like any sort of closure on like why they actually picked Citra over Rowan. Yeah, because you know on paper. Rowan's better at it. Yeah. Then the other one. Has He's better the, at the you physical know, aspect. And then the other one has the, the emotional stuff too. And so we know like, Rowan to have compassion, mm-hmm. and oh, but we've yeah. never seen him do it in any of his killings because all of the times that he killed somebody, or when he just rendered the 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 training targets deadish, you yeah. know. And we don't even really see that. We just like get like the post narrative of him talk thinking about you know like how. You know, he was just trying to be uh-huh. as quick at that as possible, blah, 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 but he, like, hated it and, you know, such and such. So we know him to be a good person or whatever. Did you, did you have faith in him the whole time? Like, you didn't Yeah, absolutely. Him. Me too. No. I never thought he was corrupt. And, yeah, I know it's easy because we get his perspective a lot of times. But uh, it did, you know, every now and then it did make it seem like he understood the temptation at least. You know, yeah, whether, he could, whether or not he was yeah. corrupted by it, he understood it and he saw he it. He saw there. that it was there and he was mm-hmm. afraid of it. Yeah, because he definitely saw himself mm-hmm. get, like, he, because... I think it, it, it going back to the like the test where he has to shoot his mom or not shoot his mom or he has to kill his mom and the choice was the gun. Mm-hmm. I think even there he was just like I was surprised as to how fast that like how ready I was to do it. Like I was just like okay, this is what I got to do, kill my mom. Before. Right. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, I mean, because Citra was just like she wasn't ready. You know, like she she had to deal with it emotionally mm-hmm. and like figure out if it was but she's true, also always like that it was a true and, gleaning or not and he was just like i don't care if it's a gleaning on my brother or not like, and then i'm sure he realized later what he had done but he i feel like it, he turned on the robot well he would have known because so rowan as a character has always been way quicker to the chase than citra is mm-hmm. he always knows what it is that's going on before citra does mm-hmm. uh and and then acts on it and also is 
you know, they're usually a little bit more reserved and silent, where Citra is always like screaming and asking questions or whatever, like whenever she asks Curie about, yeah, whenever she meets Faraday <laughs> the first time. And then whenever she goes on the first gleaning oh, trip with yeah, Curie, yeah. and then she's like, you didn't warn him or anything. And Curie has to like put her in her place. <laughs> and so she's always doing that yeah, sort yeah. of stuff. She's always like, you can't expect me to kill my brother, blah, blah, blah. It can't be a real gleaning, can it? But Rowan would have been like, it can't be a real cleaning gleaning because I'm not a scythe. I can't glean. I can't glean, yeah. So they're, you know, I'm just going to be rendering this person deadish and, you know, done, whatever. Mm. Um, so, yeah. What, dude? What's up? Why? No, buddy, you can't come up here. Go on, go on, go, go somewhere else. Um, so it was just, uh, yeah, uh, I guess back to, you know, the, the, the point of that is that, the, like, those three things that happened were just, so inelegant. Mm-hmm. As a, in, For the rest of the book being so fledged out, too. Because yeah. even the other conclaves are more fledged Just, out than yes, this Yes, I felt like we had been led to expect more. And then and, and then it, it was all resolved kind of quickly, too. Even with Citra, like, I mean, the big twist is her punching him. Like, well, here's for breaking my neck. And she very theatrical again, which fits her character. So it might not even even made sense if Rowan tried to do something like this. But, uh you know, why I oughta, and she punches him real hard. And mm-hmm. even if in real life, I don't think you would get blood immediately on your ring. <laughs> I think you'd probably get like skin. <laughs> right. And then, and, then yeah. they would, and then they'd swell up and then start to bleed. Mm-hmm. But even then you'd get their DNA. On them, yeah. Exactly. Would think. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, um, so that was cool. I liked that. It was very, you know, Hunger Games ending, you know, like, uh, in Hunger Games, it was like, if, uh, well, I don't think we're going to read that one, but if, uh, well, they, 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 they conspired they to fake suicide, to commit yeah, suicide, thus not giving them a winner. Exactly, which and, pissed them off more. So like, yeah, and they are like, no, you both win. Because, blah, blah, yeah, yeah, so um, that was kind of the cool... Because uh, I was wondering how they are going to make that sort of happen, too, in this one. Because I wanted them both to be winners. And then I didn't see how exactly, but then like... Well, I didn't right think Citra was going to come back. I thought she was yeah, going to remain a fugitive. Yeah. And that was... Such a weird red herring. I guess the only purpose was to introduce that Faraday is still alive, but mm-hmm. and so Faraday can continue to be a resource in the you know upcoming uprising. And was was but, her answer about Anastasia being her like her name of choice or whatever her like her namesake was that good enough to make everybody just forgive her for being gone for three months or whatever? Like, oh, we don't mind that you were truant from our our society, but. <laughs> well, I think that they all understand what happened. Was right, that, yeah. I, you know, she had, she had a false education, so she days. had to, yeah, she was like, well, I had to get out of here, otherwise y'all fuckers are going to kill me. <laughs> yeah. uh, I got to get out of here while my name gets cleared. Uh, but I, I don't think the, I think the Anastasia, you know, reveal is for the purpose of her, you know, putting out her mission Certainly to Xenocrates, because she never breaks eye contact with him while she says cool. so. It was pretty cool, too, that she was like, like, part of a like, corrupt society. Yeah, right. <laughs> she didn't say she was part of the corrupt society, but she said she was going to do stuff like that girl was going to. Right, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I, I liked how she how she did her little speech, because it was, that was elo- eloquent, or elegantly done, however you, whichever one. It was, yeah, that was definitely... I you know, a highlight cool. of the this last section of the book, I thought. Yeah, that was that was nice. Honestly, I think you wrote it in a way too that, like, if we didn't know it was a series, I probably would be okay. I wouldn't. This would be an acceptable end, ending, but I wouldn't yeah. want it to end. But I, I would be like, okay, well, I would exactly accept it, or I'd be like, well, I could see him writing another. Hopefully, it gain, gains traction. Like right, same yeah. thing with uh, um, uh, <laughs> Legion of the Crane, no. Descendants oh, of the Crane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that, the Descendants uh, of the know, Crane is think, a little bit more transparently going to have a and sequel. I think, I think if we didn't know right. this one was going to have a, already had a sequel, I think we'd I think I I would say the same. I'd say like I think this one for sure is going to have a sequel, but it could end. You know, it could be. You know, yeah. Could well, I, I think the the knot the knots are tied more neatly in this than okay. in Descendants of the Crane. Okay. I guess is what I mean. Yeah. If if let if if they were both novels that had come out today and we read them both today and there yeah. was no news about sequels mm-hmm. between the two, I would say Descendants of the Crane definitely gets a sequel. Scythe gets a sequel if it's successful, but if it's right, not, yeah. it's tied up neatly enough that you know you know it can be moved on from. Whereas Descendants of the Crane is like. So obvious that there's like, there's there's almost nothing gets there's probably nothing that gets tied up actually mm-hmm. in Descent of the Crane. I don't think anything got tied up, which is fine and probably better for the purpose of moving into a sequel because if I feel like having a sequel is something that you should purposefully do, right? Not 
you know, hedge your bets because if you, hedge hedge, bets. If you start hedging <laughs> your bets and maybe that's part of what happened was maybe he hedged his bets a little bit here. And that's why some of those things were a little bit rushed. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't, you know, who right. knows at this point. Uh, I, I'm glad that there are sequels because I did, I do enjoy Citra's character on the whole. Yeah. Um, I liked Citra's character and, and I liked being inside of Rowan, you know, like I didn't know if I, I feel like Rowan was just really relatable and Citra's character was really likable. Maybe that's what it was. Because mm. Rowan was like, if I was in his shoes, I'd probably be doing the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. just like, just keeping my head low, sticking sticking to what I know. And then, right. and then the manipulation of, of the game, you know, of, of Goddard and everything, like, that probably would have gotten to me too, like it did to him. And then he, he ended up revolting. But like, right. Citra, I don't know if she's necessarily as relatable, but she's very likable. She's super cool and likable as a character, but I don't know if I necessarily relate, relate to her as much. Like... Yeah. She asks all the right questions and all the things that I'm curious about. So that's maybe why she's so likable. But I don't know if in this world I'd even have the courage to ask this that thing. Like, I'd probably be just like Rowan and I'd keep my head down and make a lot of assumptions on things, you know? Yeah. Um, he definitely keeps all his questions internal. And in def- at least during the time that they're together still with Faraday, he does ask questions, but right. he does it in a much more subtle way than mm-hmm. Citra does. Where Citra's like, why do we do it this way? <laughs> Rowan like fishes the answer out. Yeah. You know? So I think that not that like I'm any real artist at conversation, but I relate more to, to Rowan as a general character as well, where I'm not nearly as outbursty mm-hmm. as Citra, I guess is the main difference between yeah. the two of them mentally is that Citra is just way more outspoken and I'm not particularly that way outside of like this sort of setting. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I like these guys and I like that, we didn't have to lose any one of them <laughs> to, to like continue on with the story, which is, right. I guess, a nicer um, wrap up for like a fairy tale ending, you know. Whereas in in a few of the other stories that we've read, we lost a lot of the guys, yeah, gentlemen, bastards, descendant of the crane. We lose a lot of our our family that we kind of grew up with. And uh, yeah, but one, even in those the the characters that we lost were relatively inconsequential. It didn't, yeah, it didn't really hurt too much, you know. Um, well, it didn't hurt the narrative. The narrative, yes. It, it didn't mean. drastically change the way that the narrative could go. Yeah, whereas <clears throat> this one... If we lost one of the characters whose heads we'd been in, that would drastically change the direction of the narrative. Yeah. Which it's, is neither good nor bad, just is. It just, yeah, it just, yeah. And it whereas in Gentleman Bastards, so. like losing Calo and Galdo and Bug was sad because we mm-hmm. liked those characters. It we still it, it wouldn't have affected the narrative beyond just having other characters that are mm-hmm. in the same thing that's happening. For sure. You know? And yeah, we weren't ever inside their brains. We're only ever in John's and Locke's. Yeah. And uh, it was honestly, even when we got Faraday back, I was like, oh, <laughs> like we didn't lose anybody. <laughs> yeah. and that's <laughs> I don't know of, why that disappointed me. <laughs> that squelched an entire subplot. Yeah. Just where it was very like, strangely. Yeah. Like, no, effect is on death. Like okay, I mean that's kind of neat in a way, but I, yeah, I barely get why he faked his own death. It was like just so that he didn't have to be a part of it anymore. No, he faked his own death right. so that so that Citra and and Rowan could could not. And have then to it fight also makes it, it very weird that Citra gets framed for his murder, right? Because aside from Citra having told uh, Rowan and um, Curie that she's thinks that and is doing like her own private investigation into it there's there was no murder we now know there was no murder at all so there's nobody else trying to cover it up and therefore needing a patsy yeah and so 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 why does xenocrates suddenly think oh let's write it off let's find somebody to blame as a murder Mm -hmm. and when he for all his for all he knows is just uh you know oh he was self-cleaned Unless Anacrates is so trying just, to help uh, Goddard, yeah, I think favor. that we can Maybe sort that's... of be led to that. I think, and I think that's what they were trying to lead us towards thinking. But it doesn't add up to me anymore. Not with really. Faraday not, being alive, it doesn't much. add up. Yeah, and because I don't think that, and certainly with you know Goddard being killed off, mm-hmm. uh, we can see that there was never, or not never, I shouldn't say, but. Certainly, by the time this book was finished, there was not any intention for him to have any real great purpose. And so he's not this master of design that we might have been led to believe initially. So whenever he gets upset 
that Citra is looking into the supposed murder of Faraday, even though Goddard obviously didn't do it because Faraday is alive. And Faraday might, and Faraday yells at Rowan, oh, I bet she thinks that it was me who did it, right? Blah, blah, blah. I think that now all that we know about Goddard is that he was just in a rage in that moment and then let it go and not let it go, but forgot about it and moved on to whatever next manic thing he was doing. Cause he's just a person who suffers from mania mm -hmm. is all he is. Uh, so I don't think that it makes any sense for him to have put a bug in Xenocrates ear about investigate Citra or anything, because I don't think he cared after five minutes. <laughs> I know. And even, even like the, the little bit of string that they tried to draw to it with like the old journal entries from, um, from whenever Curie, Faraday had Curie, Curie as an apprentice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then how Curie was into Faraday and she wrote in her diary or whatever right. about how she liked him and stuff. And then they used those like, look, it was, it was, you know, Citra was refused by Faraday, so she like murdered him. I was like, damn, like, I guess that's a bit of a stretch though. Like, right. Well, it was I definitely mean, fabricated mm -hmm. if, if, or at least the, I don't mean to say definitely fabricated, but that's what I thought initially whenever they show Citra those papers. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, these are made up. Because but it would be really weird for Citra to have been found at Faraday's door and Faraday be scared and us not have seen that. Mm -hmm. Because then that's just making up plot points for the convenience of plot, you know. Yeah. Uh, we Especially when we had seen Citra get caught looking at Faraday's ring whenever she had he, come to bring her about that. to yeah, bring him the milk. even a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> And that wasn't her being caught outside his door. She was. She went in, in to deliver room. the milk, like her role that she had to do every night or whatever. Yeah. And so, like, whenever they show her them. those journal entries, I was like, well, those are fabricated. Yeah. And then for Curie to come in and say, well, that was from whenever I was his apprentice and I was into him. I was like, okay, I guess I sort of get that and like that. But how did Goddard but know? I don't think Goddard knew. I don't think Goddard had anything oh, to do with the investigation. Was through the investigation yeah. that they found. Oh. Yeah. So why did the, so assuming that yes, no, Goddard didn't no that instigate Goddard the investigation. Yeah. To in instigate that. Oh, yeah. He I don't think that he instigated that it. Grabbed it. Enough. Maybe I wonder if So what instigated yeah. it? I wonder if that has any. Were they just, uh, searching his house to, because now that he was gone, all uh -huh. his belongings, I guess, default to the Scythum. So they have to go, you know, yeah, that, tie up loose ends, like go thing. pick up all his shit and get the building ready for a regular civilian to move into, mm -hmm. you know, buy it from the market or whatever. Uh, so maybe that's when they then come across his journal. But the journal was public anyways, because yeah, all size journals are public. <laughs> and that would have been written at an early date. Mm -hmm. Earlier to when Citra was even alive, probably. Yeah. So they I mean, could see it was dated prior to. Yeah. And unless it was like a super private diary, you know, like doesn't, I know, I don't even, I was going to say, doesn't Rowan have a diary? No, it's just his, his mental diary where he's thinking like, no, they have written diaries. Citra and Rowan do manual diaries. Uh, okay. But they don't, and, but they, they don't get loaded because they're not size. Right. So they're not part of the public domain. Um, that's like their last, but their, their mentors get to look at them. Mm. Um, so they have written diaries. I guess it could be assumed that Faraday might also have a written diary. But the that entry That's seems to, to be like the public scythe diary. Oh, see, I was thinking it was a private diary of the uh, Curie when she was in her apprenticeship. So it would have been something that only like Faraday would have been privy to. Uh, no, it was something that Faraday was writing. That was Faraday's journal oh. entry. <clears throat> I was um, it was and her. he does, it, it, and she does say that he. Whenever Curie then starts explaining everything, she does say that he tears out those pages from his journal. Yeah, he does. So I guess he does have a manual journal as well that maybe that is also his size journal that he just uploads on his, you know, he then transposes it digitally and uploads it or however technology works in this universe, we really don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's some sort of like cyber journal cyber <laughs> <laughs> where you, you can write in it and it instantly uploads it or some shit. I don't know. So the pages were physically torn out and then he seemed to hold on to them. So I guess if they were then searching the house, they could have just found these loose pages in whatever hidey hole he had them in. Yeah, because he and kept. He so it makes so it kind of makes a little bit more sense, but there's those pages no would still be like old and weathered. It just seems sloppy that this investigation ever happened. No, that's that's the most hard to believe thing. Like the fact that they found the evidence, I guess, was certainly for it to end up being a red herring. <laughs> yeah, because but, her you know temporary exile ends up meaning absolutely nothing, mm -hmm. and. So it's just so weird. There's a lot of weird decisions that I have trouble reconciling with the rest of the book. I wonder if that's maybe just his style. 
<laughs> to just, <laughs> just be, to be weird. weird and mildly sloppy. <laughs> mildly sloppy. <laughs> mm. A mildly sloppy author. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. I still definitely enjoyed it all. Oh, for sure. It just was... Some of these left turns were greater than 90 degree turns. Yeah. And sort of out of nowhere yeah. with no, you know, like build up in any way. And you can, I feel like you can do that once in a while and that can be done interestingly. Mm-hmm. But there were like three that happened here and very close to each other and all at once to end a book. Yeah. Well, and I think you said it too earlier, like for everything else to be so fledged out and then for these last few things to just like, rush boom, 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 boom. Exactly. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I hate to say sloppy because it's not like I'm an artist doing anything If it had like that, ended up with them like going to war, I would have been like, okay, it has to happen quickly because obviously these are very, you know, extreme situations that mm-hmm. result in a very extreme thing, mm-hmm. but nothing like that happened. Like yeah. everything is just hunky-dory at this point. Yeah, It's so just really strange. Yeah, I don't even, I guess, I guess it kind of leaves you on the cliffhanger of like, there's the scythe of scythes, you know, right, and then yeah. who he's using um, Goddard's ring, I guess, you know, to, I guess you don't need well, a he ring doesn't to, yeah, to it's just a grand anybody, year, but like, yeah. or to, to because he doesn't have to follow the rules. Because the only reason they have the ring is to grant immunity and so that they can, you know, effectively grant immunity to the family members of the people that they glean. But he doesn't give a shit about that. He but doesn't have they, to follow those how rules. How do they know that they're gleaned by a scythe? You know what I mean? Is that... So he's not a scythe, so how do, how come the scythe stay dead? Is, does he, he burns them? them afterwards, just oh, like he yeah, did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He burns them. Okay, I was going to say, does he kill them all in ways that make him look like they're suicides? No, burning them. Because I forgot that that's the true death. Right, yeah. Just, yeah, that's the, like, the, one of the very few things that can make it impossible for them to reason. And they didn't tell us any other ways. Like, it's probably that's the only one that they said. related like, right, incineration yeah. with electricity. Or, like, you have to imagine like, that blowing up. a certain amount of decay renders it impossible to bring you back as well. I would, I would like to believe that. Um, I would not like to think that they're just a bunch of zombies. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, cause there's the, like the one point that they say... There's a few ways that you can truly die uh, outside of gleaning. Fire is one of them, and we're only going to talk about fire. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, assumedly Rowan then burns all the sides that he deems are not worthy. Yeah, no, that, and he and he's going by uh, Lucifer as his, uh, his chosen... His, his, well, that's uh, what they just started calling that's him. That's what they started calling him. Yeah, well, you know he's accepted that. <laughs> probably. He's probably like, yeah, that seems cool. I'll the do second it. they said Lucifer, I was like, ooh. I just thought of like Dexter and like the Dark Passenger, how there was like a separate comic. Like there was like a little side scene. Did you, you saw Dexter, right? Or no? The the show the the, the serial killer show. Yeah, yeah. I watched some of the first season and I just could not give a shit. Oh, okay. In in one of the later seasons, there's uh, he like calls it his dark. He might call it in the first season his Dark Passenger, but he ends up like making a uh, a little like almost like a comic in his head about it, and, and it's mm. just like. Um, like a little thing that's like not even really anything. But in my head, it was just like a cloaked figure that kills the murderers. Okay, <laughs> the, yeah. Just aside mm-hmm. the sides. Yeah, I just, it, that was kind of cool. So it ended with him being the, the scythe of sides and then her just going on to to her job. And then we, we assume that he's with Faraday. I don't I know. Guess. I don't know. Is Faraday off still in it's, yeah, New York? still just hanging out in Amazonia. Oh, Amazon? The, the Amazonia? Maybe. I don't know. Because it's Faraday who shows up to drive Rowan away. Mm-hmm. So does then Faraday, once he's got Rowan to a safe spot, he's like, okay, I'm going back to retirement later. And Curie's good or, too, right? She's just chilling. Yeah. Well, yeah. we is, uh, uh, Citra's going to be apprentice under her. Oh, yeah. Or not apprentice, but junior. I forgot that they Because she still has to do go through her junior scythehood. Mm. which is however long that is yeah i, I so, forgot all about that i forgot i don't know if we learned much at all about junior scythem we don't yeah, I, th- I think so. all that we that gets told is that like their gleanings are selected by the gleaning selection committee mm. they don't get to just like choose that yet and then when they're and they also need to full. still continue because one year's worth of training under a scythe to then just make it into the club is probably not enough to become proficient at that job and to be found to have good judgment in your decisions. So one year super athlete child of right, training yeah. was able to assassinate these 
uh, people that have been doing it for. Well, we just turned the corner. Can, for I know. Yeah, that was a little interesting. That you know, all these sides that are you know presumably you know very accomplished. You think there'd be one that's like master of arms that would be like and Rowan's able to just tear through them right quick. Yeah. yeah. So I guess you know we're sort of and I feel like they sort of build him up to be even during his training that he's a bit. Not a prodigy necessarily, but he's very adept yeah, at doing exactly. the physical side of it mm-hmm. all. Um, even whenever he then, you know, he kills Goddard and then turns on Rand and Chomsky. Even like in his inner dialogue, he's like, "They stand no chance against me." <laughs> yeah, you know, not cool. with what I've been able to mm-hmm. accomplish. And it's not like, okay, so you know, that so I guess he's God or something. You know, he's, like, <laughs> he's the best. Suddenly, the he's the best fighter ever. Yeah, which cool, fine. It just seems a little strange. Usually, whenever you're following a character, obviously the character that you're following is the hero of whatever story. Because why would you follow a nobody? That's not mm-hmm. an interesting story, usually. Uh, so, of course, he's going to become, you know, a little more adept than the person next to him. Uh, because it's not the person next to him's story. But yeah, it just kind of still was like, okay, cool, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was kind of, it was something I was, I was ready to let just, like, let be without even really... Right. <laughs> like thinking about it too hard. Just like, okay, Rowan's the best. <laughs> I mean, right. I, yeah. I'm cool with that. I need somebody to be the best, and why not him? <laughs> yeah. You I think you're going to read the other ones soon? I mean, not necessarily. Not soon. Right I, I will at some point. I'm, I'm going to, I want to make my way, at least get caught up to where the Gentleman Bastards are. Yeah, I like that. Because uh, they've good. got, there's four books out of that, not counting the prequel, uh, which I may or may not care to read. Mm-hmm. I think that. Prequels they are probably, overplayed. Yeah, they probably did that to give us. No, honestly, we did. We met everybody in book one. That yeah, I don't know what it would they... be that we. I mean, I guess we could probably. Maybe. Assumingly, we meet more characters, mm-hmm. and some of which might be older, and it might be worth following them to some degree. Maybe it's just a little bit about uh, chains or something. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but I, I want to get caught up to that, and if the fifth book comes out in the time that it takes me to get caught up to that, then I'll read that as well. That would be cool. Um, Hopefully the fifth is coming out soon. Then, I need to get on those too, and mm-hmm. it'd be fun to have like a recap if we read the last one and right. just talk about the series. And then if I get caught up on that, then I'll I'll try to uh, finish up Scythe, because that's a, a three-book series, is what we looked up earlier, mm-hmm. and the third book comes out in November, Ooh. so it can be finished. It's just yeah. not until November, which it might take me that long to read three other books uh, for gentlemen bastards anyway so yeah especially um, if they're not on the main chopping block you know the main list right for yeah what were you uh you're reading some this this was the book you're reading on the side right the uh the red season red, red season mm-hmm. reds guys and how do you like it i like it a lot so far are you halfway i'm about 30 percent through nice so i'm enjoying it uh yeah there's some interesting things that are happening nice so cool yeah i just um I haven't been reading too much. I, I started in 1984 again, though, and that's mm. pretty good, honestly. Like It is it, a really it good book. Up. It's really old. It is really old, and I um. thought I wasn't going to like it as I started to reread it. And it feels like such an old man or like an English teacher's suggestion, like, read this book. But, like, it's, it's been kind of fun to reread that one, at least. And as, you know, it's been 10 years since I've read that book. I read it in high school in my senior mm-hmm. year. So 10 How far years are you in it right now? Because I feel Not like it would, far. yeah, I, I feel like it would be, you know, the first couple of sit downs that you do to read would be exciting. And then, because you're then getting reintroduced that. to this world. And then once you're reintroduced and you, you fall back into it because it's something you have read before. Because even on the first time that I read it, there was a lot of times that I was like, I just need to get through this book. Like, I'm, oh, yeah. It's interesting and a very important book uh, for various reasons. Um, but it's not, a hundred percent enjoyable. No, I, I see what you're saying. And I think for me, since I don't have to do like a report on it, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I don't have to do any, any assignments. On right. It. There's that, no yeah. pressure. Mm-hmm. There's no pressure even here to, to remember the story, to talk about it. Right. <laughs> you know, right, there's, right. there's no pressure. So I'm like just listening. I'm listening at work and it's, uh, it's just giving me all the hot points that I, that I want. And you honestly, like this could be one of those ones that like I'll get halfway through and then I'll stop and just been like, Oh, well, I got caught up with podcasts or whatever. But, right. um, as of right now, I'm a couple hours in and it's, uh, it's been fun to reread and, um, it's, it's always kind of fun when, when you have the, the like assumptions on like what the future will be like mm. and, uh, and you know, 
the the words that they use are so silly like the the like little like the the telly screens or whatever that they have everywhere. yeah yeah they use strange words for the yeah the top comment on on the video is like i'm listening to this on my portable on my pocket telly screen <laughs> it's like oh that's pretty silly and uh but yes that's a fun one and, and honestly like i'd like to it's just been fun reading again man like and i think um there were a few books that we were looking at for when we were thinking about our next book that uh they all were in, ended up being series for the like young adult Mm-hmm. Uh, fiction section that I was kind of getting I feel like into. that's the way that the vast majority of books are written these days is the with series. the intent of having a series. Yeah. Because you've got to be able to, to make money, certainly as like an aspiring author who doesn't have all the traction of a king or something like that. I was literally thinking. You need to be able, if you want it to become like your job and that be the only thing you do and you don't have to work as a barista on the side, you have to be able to sell a long product Mm -hmm. to the publishing company and be like look i can give you a six book series that people are going to want to read because everybody loves series yeah so that's like that's like the goal that everybody has if i have one bad one and a series of five uh, five good ones you know like what's the what's the harm we still made money you know (laughs) i'm just kidding i don't think authors think like that yeah if i wrote a bad one (laughs) but there are so many series out there and now we've read two in a row and yeah, and one that we think will be a series, but we just, it's so new that we, there's no talent. Yeah, yeah, that's so, right. Now, three in a row, really. Gentleman Bastards and then Descendant of the Crane, which we weren't expecting to be a series, but is no, go- I mean, seemingly going to turn out to be a series, yeah. but at least we're caught up with it. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're right on. Up we're immediately caught up with it. And then this one now, that's another series. Yeah. But honestly, for whatever reason, I feel like this series, I could just fly through in like a, a week or two. It seems a lot quicker than. The gentleman bastards, like you were saying before we started recording, um, I think it probably is going to be a little bit quicker than Descendant of the Crane Two. Mm-hmm. Um, although I loved reading that book literally every single time I was reading it, um, so maybe I could carry through that series a little bit faster just because I enjoyed it so much. Yeah. But this book, Scythe, flowed a lot easier than those two. I thought so, um, or at least more. It, it flowed a little bit more naturally. It didn't feel and like it might there just was, be because it was overly simple. That's what it, I think. That's what it was. It was so simple that I didn't feel like there was really much of a break between each time I listened. It felt just like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, I don't need to really listen to anything to pick back up right. where I left off. I think you're right. I think At the very simple. least, for this so introduction simple. to this three book uh, series, mm-hmm. you know, this obviously sets up what is going to happen. I think that's more or less what we were predicting even from the beginning was that it ends in them becoming size mm-hmm. or one of them becoming a scythe, you know, once the, the, the problem came into play. Uh, and then the rest of the series, the last two or however many, now we know it's a three book series at the, you know, at the time we might not have, uh, but no, no. And, and then the other two are going to be the fight against the corruption of the scythe. Them. So it's just an interruption book, but Nothing complicated happened in this book. No, not really. Nothing at all. There was the semblance of something about to happen that was complicated, and then I immediately got tossed to yeah. the side. <laughs> and then we were so, done. <laughs> so, yes, it would be a lot easier to read this series if it continues to be this way. And it, honestly, I don't, I don't see why it wouldn't. I mean, yeah. it seems hard to throw a lot into it. So, I mean, who, what do I know? They could literally make it complex in the next book and just throw it all. It seems like it's just going to be like, it's kind of like the, what I envision as a young adult book. Yeah. Like this and Hunger Games is another really good example of what is going to be a a hot trilogy. Yeah. It's just like, you know, kind of high octane, pretty simple storyline, you know, as far as the overarching plot, relatively predictable. Yeah, relatable and, or likable mm-hmm. characters. You know, whether you liked or related to one or the other. Yeah. I feel like you could flip and then relate or like the other one, you know. Right. Like there's it's not asking you to think a whole lot. No, it's just the only it to thing you. that we've thought about is just what it would be like to live in that universe. Oh, because it is, scratches that immortality itch that we've all ba- like rattled around. Right. And there's a like, committee of death. You yeah, know? that's like that's so wild. <laughs> Um, and there's no, the only government is a perfect AI. Like those are such alien ideas that of course we're going to think about what that is, but that's not what the book is asking you to do. Do you like the Thunderhead when we like met it for the moment? immediately after my prediction? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I would, whenever 
because the chapter opens up with, you know, thought bubbles or whatever. Because, you know, Citra's still unconscious and she's talking to the Thunderhead through that consciousness or semi-consciousness. Yeah, he brings her to and consciousness. Or sorry, not he. The, he opens the, uh, a the single AI portion of her up. consciousness yeah. so that he can talk to her. You know, it can talk yeah, to her. Yeah, yeah. The Thunderhead's not, does not have a gender. It's like I AI. assume not. Yeah, that would be so weird. <laughs> um, I'm, I, I didn't apologize. Whenever it opens up with those thought bubbles, I was like, oh God, we were right. It did immediately it reveal is. my prediction. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and I was like, okay, cool. So this is an interesting way to take the plot forward that I enjoy. And then it ends with the Thunderhead being like, I can't help you. It's literally impossible for me to help you. <laughs> Despite like, me being like a cognizant AI, I am still a program and cannot break my programming. And I was like, like, okay, fine. And she was like, well, can't you just try? And he's like, okay, well, I can tell you its name. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, and he doesn't even... Because he can't he's interfere like, with the Scythe stuff, but he runs enough algorithms that finds out. He's like, oh, I did There's find a 100% probability that you will find out that this name matters to you. Yeah. So here's the name. Uh, <laughs> which which is, is sort of like self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. Yeah. Because like, okay, well, yes, now there is a 100% chance that she finds out that that name matters because you just told her that that name yeah, matters. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like stupid, but at the same time, I get what he was going for there. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I, I get what the author was going for. Right, yeah, that's what um, I was thinking you meant. It was an interesting interaction, and it it would have made her exile so much more interesting, because then it would have shown, because the Thunderhead outright says what I was thinking, I can I, I watch everything, and I'm concerned with what's happening with the Scythe Dome, mm-hmm. and I think that you are the best chance, or at least in all the algorithms that I've run, the vast majority of them have you as a pivotal role. So I need you to be aware that you're a pivotal role and I've needed to save you for this moment to to be able to tell you that. Yeah. It's like, okay, sweet. So she's going to be in exile and she's going to, you know, handle things from the outside while Rowan handles things from the inside that we were talking about. That's going to, this is a very interesting way to do that. Uh, and, and then immediately the exile doesn't matter. Yeah. And so I was like, so all of that, it was just, there's so much stuff that, you know, we've already Didn't talked about it. But, uh, but even now, looking at it from the perspective of you know the thunder cloud or the thunderhead being involved, just also doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really weird. Yeah. And I guess like we were just talking about prior to getting back onto that uh, you know the discussion, the book is not asking you to think for a lot. It's yeah. a it's a very simple plot, and it's a very very obvious young adult novel series, which is fine and yeah, it's pro- no, hopefully going to sell well. I enjoyed it. I yeah. hope that I'm going to enjoy the next two. Yeah, no, I wasn't really mad about it not making me think too much. And, but yeah, I'm I, not I mad like about it. I, just ones, was... I do like the other ones engaging us more. I think mm-hmm. it was, at, I think it came at the right time for us because we were And now saying that engaged. that's how it turned out, yeah. um, it, I guess, justifies the way that I felt the, the whole last time two reading. sections. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. every time I was like, I'm just engaged. Like, I don't think I care, but I'm engaged, so, so sure. I care. Yeah. So do I care? I don't know what that means. <laughs> so what does and that now mean? seeing how it ends so and funny. seeing it for what it is as a whole picture, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. That's, that's why that's I was just engaged, because it was yeah. never asking me to do anything else. As you were saying that, I was like, no, that makes perfect sense why he said he was just engaged, but not like... Yeah. <laughs> but not like... <laughs> wasn't like know, totally to bought in, out. because there was nothing to really, you know, sink into. Mm-hmm. It was, was a relatively shallow I was thing. wondering if, because of that, like it made you not think as hard so maybe the the ending came a little bit more shocking or or if it was because i honestly it, i don't think it was like oh my god you know but like i think it was surprising for sure like so it, i was wondering like i wonder if just because he was engaged he made him a little bit more surprised or if it was just the writing because I, I feel like i was the same way like i was engaged the whole time i, I was enjoying it and but it didn't make me work too hard and then it was just kind of giving you all the info you needed right when you needed it and then uh, the ending happened, and I was like, okay, I guess I could see that coming, but I didn't, you know, and it happened, and uh, yeah. like I was saying earlier, like, I thought I saw it coming, but I never would have said it as a prediction, and right. then I did, <laughs> and I was I don't, like, oh, cool. Yeah, I don't know that I could buy into the idea that that was a decided writing technique. Oh, right, yeah. Um, I don't think that that's it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is, uh, but I have a hard time believing that. Oh, yeah, I don't um, know. The, I think that it was that it's just, you know, a uh, a really simple narrative. And yeah. With and not to say without effort, um, but certainly not as much effort. I still feel wrong saying that. I don't know. Simple as 
the bad. right word. You know, simple's not bad. I don't simple mean to say that at all. at all. But no. there could you you can see where more can be done. Yeah, that makes you sense. Know? I like that. I can make a very simple table, it was a and simple it will hold things. For Game of Thrones. And I can eat dinner on a very simple table, or I can put carvings into it and you know make it a real work. Yeah, uh, masterpiece. Yeah. And I think that this is more along the lines of something that you would buy at Ikea. Yeah. Okay. Still good. Still works. Yeah. Does its job. Yeah. You can use it. It can do its job very well. And that's it. Yeah. I think this book, if you were like trying to get out of maybe like a, uh, like a book funk, like if you had just left a bunch of characters you loved and you wanted some new ones, I think this would get you back in because it like engages, right. but it doesn't make you fall all, head over heels yeah. so that like when you lose them and you're done, it's like, well, now what do I do with my life? Like when Harry Potter was done, it was like, well, now what do I do with my life? Like these guys, I like them all and I want to know what happens in the other books, but I'm not, I'm not going to go home immediately and then right. tear through It's almost too, like you know? Pulp Fiction, not the movie, but the namesake of I that see, movie. Yeah, I see what you mean. It's a... Uh, it's like, you know, old Pulp Fiction novels mm-hmm. where it's just, you know, a little see-through in ways, you know, kind of, you know, hollow or even a, a little, you know, shallow in a lot of ways. And it's just a... Full of pulp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. Yeah. Those were also relatively successful back then. That's right? why they ended up getting their own sort of like pseudo-genre. <laughs> yeah. But it just... Um, I, I'm... Way more excited to continue reading The Gentleman Bastards than I am continue reading Ark of the Scythe. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. I'd like to get I'd like to get back in with those guys. And I don't know if you said it during the show or before the show, but you said it's going to be a seven-part book series? It's a seven-part series. That's pretty epic. Not so. counting the prequel that has been written. So that's like his masterpiece. That's, that's his Lord of the Rings. That's his Dark Tower. That's his Yeah, I suppose Harry so. Potter. Yeah. That's awesome. That's his Game it's of Thrones. It's definitely going to be... Or, you know, it... it it looks like it's going to be his most involved work. There's a guy that wrote it, right? I can't remember now. Yeah, it was... Um, what was his name? I can't remember his name yeah. right now. But uh, yes, it was a male author. Male author. Um, it's definitely the his, his predominant work, I would assume. Yeah. Unless... I, I think he was like 40 or something like that. I don't mm-hmm. remember, unfortunately. You know, that now being two and a half books ago. Um, but yeah, that be, that yeah. that's his like epic tale that he's like his yeah. main masterpiece. Assuming that he finishes relatively quickly, he could literally have the time to do something bigger. Yeah, but that's true. <laughs> um, but it being a seven novel series, eight if you count the Prequel. the zero novel. Well, and he's um, been signed on for all seven, so he's, he's yeah he's you know booked for work for the next right. five ten yeah. years. He's done what it was we were talking about earlier exactly. was he has serialized he himself. has nailed down the longevity yeah. play you know yeah, yeah, yeah. being able to say you know obviously he probably presented a series and maybe he was going to write it anyways mm-hmm. you know I'm sure that you know a lot of authors that are very passionate about the craft or whatever would write all of their stories anyways they just wouldn't ever get published necessarily right. whereas he's got he's he was able to successfully nail down that long term publishing deal there is one author that, ironically, would never have written if uh, if he wasn't like kind of forced into it, and um, Doctor Seuss. And I've really enjoyed. It. That could be true, and I. But I don't know his sister. His friends dared him into oh, writing really? a children's novel That's so funny. or a children's book because none of them up. are novels. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and he was like, "Okay, fuck it, I'll do it." Patrick Rothfuss, the guy that does the Name of the Wind series that I keep recommending, mm-hmm. he wanted to be a video game writer. A video game writer. He wanted to to write for video Mm -hmm, games. So he he tried to write video games uh, for a while. Uh, I don't think any of them ever got picked up. Or maybe they write... I don't even really know how that process works. I don't know. It's kind of like songwriting. I don't know if you have the the lyrics first or the song first. You know, I don't know if you have the story. So far as I understand it, it, the video game industry right now is pretty incestuous. And it's only made of people who have been there since right. video games started. Okay, okay. So and every now and then, some studio will want to work with a known author for something and, and try to do something. I think that's he's getting in now. Because mm-hmm. yeah. he, then he was just like, well, fine. Like, I guess if I can't write for this book, or sorry, if I can't write for the video game, I'll write the book. Then he's now written The Name of the Wind and um, the second one that I can't remember right now. And uh, and now he's taken some time off writing that series so that he can do his true passion, actually, which is writing you know video games. Original yeah, role which was, is yeah. silly, but you know he's he's did what we were talking. He found longevity in his career through uh, 
you know, some success, which is, you know, that, that book, which is cool. Right. Yeah. Um, Are you looking it up or? No, I was looking up um, the, uh, the, so uh, specifically to when I then said sometimes studios, you know, then consult a big author or something like that for the purpose, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that doesn't happen a whole lot. Um, but one time that it was really, or at least, you know, most infamously done was, uh, when, uh, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning came out uh-huh. uh, and they consulted R.A. Salvatore for that. They wanted him to build the world for that. And that was supposed to be wow. like this really big grand franchise. And it was a total flop. Oh. Even though it's a great game, nobody bought that yeah, shit. Yeah, I was going to say. And so they spent it. all this crazy. money having Salvatore spend all this time crafting this universe that was we were presumably going to you know explore across several different games. Yeah. Never fucking happened. Oh, <laughs> man, what a drag. Um, and so that was like, that I know of, it's kind of like harkened back to is like, remember last time we tried that? Yeah. Spent a lot of money and we got nothing out of it. So let's just mm-hmm. keep the writers that we already have. Let's stick to what but we know. It's good that... Your guy, the guy that you were mentioning, yeah. is able to now do that. It, yeah, and he and I'm because sure he's in the not, past it's been proven I mean, to not be worth and, the money. And I, <laughs> and I don't think that he's like a main like the. I don't think he's like the one creating the world by himself. I think he's there helping write and get and program. Right, he's just so like I on the writing team. Exactly. Now. I think he's part of the squad. Like, and mm-hmm. yeah, it, I'm sure they're not. Uh, at least I hope they're not doing the same, making the same mistakes. But uh, um, oh well, we'll we'll find out. No. Um, anyway, you want to let everybody know what book we're going to do next? Yes. So, starting next week, uh, we're going to... That'll be June. Starting for June. June. That'll be when this episode... Not this episode, but the episode that we start reading. This book starts, uh, Bring Me Back, colon, a novel, which kind of annoys me whenever that happens like okay yes it's a novel i can see that i can literally physically see that this is a novel <laughs> uh, but anyway bring me back is a title by b.a paris it's a uh, sort of like a thriller um i guess i'll read the sort of uh, not synopsis but you know that little hook page that books get Finn and Layla are young, in love, and on vacation. They're driving along the highway when Finn decides to stop at a service station to use the restroom. He hops out of the car, locks the doors behind him, and goes inside. When he returns, Layla is gone, never to be seen again. That is the story Finn told the police, but it is not the whole story. Ten years later, Finn is engaged to Layla's sister, Ellen. Their shared grief over what happened to Layla drew them close, and now they intend to remain together. Still, there's something about Ellen that Finn has never fully understood. His heart wants to believe that she is the one for him, even though a sixth sense tells him not to trust her. Then, not long before he and Ellen are to be married, Finn gets a phone call. Someone from his past has seen Layla hiding in plain sight. There are other odd occurrences, long-lost items from Layla's past that keep turning up around Finn and Ellen's house, emails from strangers who seem to know too much, secret messages, clues, warnings. If Layla is still alive and on Finn's trail, what does she want, and how much does she know? So this is just like a sort of like mystery-esque thriller novel yeah, yeah. that I think is kind of a uh, departure from the last several books that we've read. And I think it's a one-off too, you are saying, right? Yes. Yeah, so, it's just a single novel. Yeah, this We don't have to start investing in another series. Yeah, commit to another one. <laughs> um, which, not there's anything wrong with that, but if I build up too many series that I want to read, I'll never get through anything. Yeah, so. I'll, get, I'll get anxiety and want to go through <laughs> right, <all of> them. <laughs> So, that's what we'll be doing. Uh, bring me back a novel by yeah. B.A. Paris. How much do you want to read? Or should we just figure out that? Yeah, let's figure that out real quick. So for our first section of reading, we're just going to read the first section. Yeah. Uh, it's broken up into three parts, parts one, two, and three. We're going to read all of part one. It's 22 chapters worth, uh, which sounds like a lot, but some of the chapters are only three pages. So yeah. it's not as long as you might think. Yeah, it's only about 110 pages or so. Not yeah. much. So whenever you get through part one, we're done. We'll see you next week with part one. What we will also be doing is uh now this is a week in between so we'll have a week of one episode but we decided that we're going to continue with the two episodes things right with good omens the amazon prime original series based off of the 1996 novel yeah co-authored by terry pratchett and neil gaiman yeah so so getting some new new blood and old blood right yeah neil gaiman who obviously we 
our first book was his first published work, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, Neverwhere, Neverwhere being his first, yeah, I mean, it was... His yeah. first published novel. Yeah, and it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, getting back to Neil um, and getting in with Terry Pratchett, who is obviously a very accomplished and well-known author, having written the Discworld anthology. Mm-hmm. Um, this show, I hope, is going to be really good. It seems to be one of the first... Not first, at least so far as I've been paying attention, it's uh, going to be one of the first in Amazon Prime's newer attempts at making really high budget prestige original series. Content, yeah. um, they've had their own original shows for a little while now, but I feel like this is the first one that's going to be big. Right. Um, and it's got a big IP. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Next up is Lord of the Rings. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but it's got people in it that are awesome. Martin Sheen is great. David Tennant is phenomenal. It's got... Um, what's his name? Um, Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah, Cumberbatch. Yeah. Yeah. Very intense name. Yeah, you can't get away from something BBC without throwing him in there. <laughs> right. So, I'm excited for it, I think. I think I think it'll be good. And it'll be fun to keep doing the two episodes a week. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like what you're hearing, um, give us five stars, please, and uh, subscribe. Yeah, review, subscribe, send us requests. Just let us know you're there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll uh, be seeing you all next week with the first section of Bring Me Back. And then after that, we'll be starting Good Omens. Good Omens starts on May 31st. It's a Friday. So, so it'll it'll be I think it's going to be airing on Fridays. You know, unless they do something really strange, like change the day that they air after the premiere. Yeah. Um, so those episodes will come out on Monday, just like the Game of Thrones episodes did. Yeah. I'm going to keep the same working rhythm that we've had. Um, have and a then couple days to think about The book it. club episodes will come out on Wednesdays, as they always have. So look for all that. I'm Will Hedrick. I'm Jordan Schaffer. This is Dog Ears and Timestamps. Go Bruins! more expensive on Kindle than it is on it's $13.99 on the Amazon website yeah and the hardcover is $11.41 interesting and the paperback is $10.39 so for digital content which costs them nothing It uh, evidently cost a lot more work than we think because there was constantly weird typos and things in Scythe Mm -hmm. that I was kind of like, man, this did not get vetted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like there are a lot of things that slipped across. And even, you know, in traditional publishing structure, sometimes there are typos in books that get physically published. And that's why you get second and third editions and stuff like that. But man, there was a lot in Scythe. And it's on a computer. Like, you can run spell check. <laughs> yeah, it should be that hard. Weird. <laughs> it kind of trips me out whenever I see that. It, like, as successful as ebooks are, they don't seem to get the attention that they deserve from an editing standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like, the center of the crane not having page numbers. It's like, why? <laughs>